The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rabbi of Kehillat Shari Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Bezrat Hashem, we will be discussing in this week's parasha that of parashat Bechukotai where the Tochacha goes to great lengths to explain all of the mishaps that Klal Yisrael did against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we get punished, Midah Kenegen Midah. The Pasuk tells us in Perek Chavav, Pasuk Lamedalel, Az Tirzeh Haaretz Et Shabtotera. And the art school translates to mean, then the land will be appeased by all the Shabbatot, during all these years, that you are in the, in the land of your enemies. Then the land will rest and will be a peace for all its Shabbatot that you profaned and went against that. And the Gemara in Shabbat tells us, it's referring to the 70 years of Bavel, that we were in exile. It seems like it was a very very a powerful and very painful exile of us being in Babel, and that's when the Purim story took place, so it sounds like at, at not just on a physical level, but also on a spiritual level as well, and that is a zecher for the 70 shmitot and yovelot that we did not keep properly, and the Pasuk continues, all the years of its desolation, it will rest, that you did not rest during those Shabbatot, that you dwelled upon it when you were in Eretz Israel, you did not do it properly. Therefore, as a result of that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to pay back Klal Yisrael for doing this. Rashi goes into Hol Arichut, discussing how all the, 12, the, the 10 tribes had to go into Galut as a result of that. A number of questions arise with this, which is, first of all, what does it mean, Tirzeh? And then it says, Vihirzat. So the Cheskoni explains that this Tirzeh is like a Lashon Azkhira, remembering that all the Shemitot and Yovelot that were Batel, that they, we had a chance to perform, or a Lashon Hashlama, we could have fulfilled the Shemitah and the Yovel, or a Lashon Pius, that now that the land is now left desolate, it is now going to, on its own, be able to keep Shemitah on its own accord, and not be worried about the fact that people are being Mechalel, the land for its own use. And the Mefarshim explained that the Malbum, for example, he says there was two problems with being Mevatel Shemitah. First of all, you're not Mekayem the Mitzvah Shemitah Haaretz. And second of all, you're also not showing that there's Eidut, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. And just like he gave Havtacha a promise that by keeping Shemitah, there's going to be Gibore Koyach Osechayel, the people who are uh, keeping the land of Shemitah, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, just like you keep Shabbat, Hashem gives you a bracha. The same thing also, keeping Shabbat Haaretz, and Hashem will give you a bracha too. And if a person is mevatel, this din Shemitah, you'll never be able to see this bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is able to provide for those people, because the person worked the land. And because of that, the person had to go into exile, because the land cannot respect and keep somebody where it does not deserve to be. They say a story that Rabbi Levin Zatal was one time visiting one of the prison cells and uh, um, an Israeli citizen who was not yet 
Shomeret Shabbat, he turned to Rabbi Levin and he said, I had one of the most depressing conversations ever. He said, what was it? He said, there was an Arab who was a cellmate right next to him. And he told him, you know that eventually we Arabs are going to overtake you Jews here in the Medina. He says, what are you talking about? Why are you saying that? He says, very simple. You see the guard down there, down the hall? He says, yeah. He says, he's a Jew. And I know it's the holiday of Passover. And look at him. He's eating a sandwich that's made out of bread. A Jew that does not keep God's laws does not deserve to be here in this land. And the Arabs will overcome and they will be able to overtake. And he turned to Rabbi Levine and he said, is he right? Is what this person is saying, is it true? Rabbi Levine says, as long as the Jew is alive, they could always see the open miracles of Borei Olam. We're surrounded by our enemies. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes Nisim for us that we're able to survive. That in itself should prove that he's wrong. That if we choose to t- turn towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he will grant us immediately the Yeshua, but we have to be open to that and cognizant of that as well. Since this year is that of Shunat Shmita, we felt it would be appropriate to discuss something which many people get a little confused when it comes to what's known as Otser Betin, which literally means the storehouse of Betin. Now, why does Betin need a storehouse, Bechlal? Why do they need to have that? If you have Perot Shviyut, you should be able to sell that, or not sell that. We know Perot Shviyut are Asab B'Mechira, B'Schora. You can't just sell it, because there's Kedushat Shviyut. So how could Betin have an Otser of selling produce which is by by default, it should be asur for them to sell. So, in order for us to understand this, we first have to go into the machloket in the Tanaim, the Gemara in Gitin Daf Lamidvav, that talks about bizman hazeh, is shmita kept or not? Machloket in the Gemara between Rebbe and the Rabbanan. Rebbe says that it's not held to this day, and because it is talui in yovel, and as long as there's no yovel, that means that's talui in shmita, and yovel, there are totally interdependent one with another. And if one doesn't work, the other one doesn't work as well. And since Yovel can only be done when there's a Beit Din, which means in the times of a Sanhedrin, and we don't have it, we don't have Smicha, therefore, says the Rebbe, it would come out that nowadays, this Shemitah that we observe is only at best the Rabbanan. However, the Rabbanan, the Chachamim, they argue and they say, no, Minat Torah, Shemitah is kept Bizman And there seems to be a a whole list of great Rishonim that seem to say the Halakha is like Rebbe, not like the Rabbanan. And that means that only Shemitah this day, in these days is only the Rabbanan. The Rava, the Rashba, the Ramban, the Smag, the Reim. They seem to all hold that Shemitah is mid Rabbanan and therefore it, we could be, if we have a Safek, if this is Shemitah or not, we say usually Safek the Rabbanan Lekula. However, the Ramban, he argues and he says, Lalacha, that Din Shemitah is like the Chachamim, and therefore it's a Minah Torah. The Ramban turns out he's a Dat Yechida when it comes to this. And they say that Chamavadia in his Chuvot in Yabi Omer Chedek Yud, in Lamed Zayin, he has a whole Arechut discussing, excuse me, Lamed Dalet, where he has a whole Arechut discussing all the different back and forth of what the Ravad holds, because it seems to be in one place he clearly holds that the Halakha is like Rebbe, which is only Mide Rabbanan. However, it seems to be that the Ravad was chozer from this Psak Halakha, and he said that Hashmatak Safim, even though there's no Hashmatot Karkaot, he says that's what we're referring to the Rabbanan, which means that it sounds like there really is Hashmatat Karkaot. 
And uh, the Ramban ala Torah says from the uh, he's misupaka. We go uh, the halacha like Rebbe and the Rabbanan. However, in the Gemara and Makot, he says when he's writing his perush, he says it's only a sur de Rabbanan. And this is before people said that the Ravad sounded like they were having a machloket or not. So it seems to be it's back and forth whether or not you say it's la halacha or not. Like Rebbe over the Rabbanan, the Rajba cl- clearly says that it's a re- Rebbe we go like, it's the Rabbanan, the Chinuch, and Pei Dalid, Tafayin Zayin as well seems to say it's the Rabbanan, the Torn Yoridea, Shin Lamed Aleph seems to say it's the Rabbanan. So it seems to be that according to many poskim, it's only the Rabbanan nowadays. Parenthetically, some people say that it actually depends on if a Rov, Minyan, or Binyan of Klad Yisrael resides in Eretz Yisrael, it would actually be that we would have to keep that because we're going to see soon that the Shitot Rambam, the Rambam, that the Rambam says that a person would have to keep the Halachot of Shemitah, even though there is no Betin, if most of Klai Yisrael lives in Eretz Yisrael, then we would all have to keep Shemitah Mina Torah. This is based on a Tosefta and Shvit, Perek Chet Halacha Aleph, that there were many people who they would take many, uh, 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 a huge quantity of, from the Sadot and Kramim, because he said, Shemitah, it's Hefker. So, as a result of that, they had to appoint Shtuchet Betin to be sitting at the openings of these orchards and the fields to ensure that people would not take more. And if they did take more, they would take, uh, they would allow people to take Mazon Gimel Seudot, they would take the equivalent of whatever their family size was for three square meals for the day. And the rest they would have to put in an otsad ha'ir. They would have to put it in a certain storehouse that presumably would be watched by the shtuchet bedin. And on Erev Shabbat, bedin would be mechalek and give to every person according to the size of their family what they would need for tzorche Shabbat or tzorche Yom Tov. Now, bedin would be mishalem, the balabayit, and pay him for the tircha of him collecting and doing all the digging of these perot shviyut. And the balabayit, he would cut and he would harvest and he would do nothing different than he would do on, during a regular year. And the reason why he's getting paid is not because that's the price of the fruit or the vegetables. Rather, he's getting paid for the tircha of him doing menial job works in order to get the food for the people who are hungry. So the question that everyone has is, this description that you have here of where we're saying that the Beitin is sort of acting as an intermediary between that of the people who want to eat and that of the Balabayit. The question is, how could they sell something that by definition is asur to sell? It says, or It says in the Pasuk that a Shemitah is only for one to partake of to eat. But they cannot use it for any other purpose. And the Gemara has different derashot where it uses to say, it should not be used, it should not be used just for any wanton desire that a person has to get rid of, or let's say use it for whatever purpose they want. It has to be eaten properly and disposed of properly. And also, it has to be eaten. And it also cannot be used for commerce. It cannot be used to be sold or to be bartered. The Rambam writes that there is a heter for a person to sell only if the balabayit collected and did whatever work needed to be done by himself. There is a Rishon called Rabbeinu Yosef that he says if it's for his panasa, that will be allowed. Now the Chazon Ish writes that this shita of Rabbeinu Yosef is according to the data Rabbeinu Tam and he says also 
there's the, the Vilna Gaon seems to concur with that, that if there's a kamut mitzumtzemet, meaning you have a, a tremendous amount, but it's an amount that he knows exactly, it's a finite number, it's not out of control, he says that will be allowed to be sold, as opposed to, let's say it's kamut, kamut kedola, there's a tremendous amount, and the person really doesn't know how much they have. There are some people that they're very laissez-faire about how much they have, and they sort of just let it, let it slide. Something like that seems to be, since there's no oversight, that that could be a problem that you're actually going to be selling and you're going to be benefiting from Perot Shvit. So the question is, this Mechira, how should it be done? So the Poskim say, Chamovadia in uh, his Shuvot, as well as his son, Yavadol Chaim Tovim, the Yalkut Yosef, Rebbe Yitzchak Yosef, he seems to have a whole arichut in the laws of Shemitah Yovel, and he talks about uh, how a person should do a proper mechira. He says the mechira needs to be done with it being done through not just a sale, but like hakafa, which is sort of uh, rounding off, not giving an exact number, sort of buying on credit. And he says, after the perot shviit are eaten, then the person could pay. He says, the fact of the matter is, not many people who deal with fruit or vegetables are going to be able to sell that based on extending credit because sometimes people come back and say, I didn't mean that. And then after it was already eaten, then they start to negotiate the prices. So people sometimes will not feel comfortable doing that. That would be the best way to do it because it's not real mechira. It's just credit that we're extending to one another and sort of we're acting on each other's honesty that we're going to make sure that I look the other way and you look the other way too to get this halachic loophole. However, there are those that say that if the mocher is not going to be able to trust the, the lokeach when it comes to this and extending credit, you could be somech on the mekelin like Tosvot in, uh, in Avodazarat Asamabed says that if a person is giving over this perot for people to be eaten, and it's obviously talking about chayesha, that people need it to survive, and this is the only way that they'll release it, obviously we would allow a person to do that. And he says, but great attention has to be taken care that Amaratzim don't say, oh, you see, business is open still during Shemitah because they won't understand that it's not really, quote-unquote, a sale. Rather, it's just hakafa. It's that of credit being extended, although it's going very fast, but it looks like it's a sale, but it's not really a sale. Uh, the Chachmei Yerushalayim and Rev Chaim Berlin, who is of that group, in the year of Resh Ayin, Ayin Aleph, they got together and they enacted that there should be a mechira for everyone, that they don't have to be somech, only Ashitat Rabbeinu Yosef, and therefore they said that the perot belong to Bedin, and the reason why they are appointing a, uh, these people is to make sure that there's oversight, to make sure that the te'enim are properly harvested and the anavim are properly pressed, and everything is running according to schedule that people will have what to eat during this time. Because otherwise, it's a chashash of maybe sakana that people will be in great danger if they don't have to eat during this time because most people are not agriculturally inclined to know what it is that they need to do to make sure that the food stays at its optimum level and it's with all the safety enhancements enacted for it. Also, they say that you need to have a machsan, you have to have a separate place that people are able to go back and forth. People know where the machsan is and it has to be miyuchad, it has to be set aside specifically for this otzer beitin. The mechir, the price has to be only whatever the perot are worth and not anything more. Even if you're going to include tzchar he says that you have to know it's not considered mechira, rather it's like what's called chalukah. 
like the Tosefta says, meaning it's like pay dividends. We give a part of this and you give a part of that. It's chalukah. We're distributing it. And if you want to give something, that's nice. But you, what you're giving is not for the peri. You're not giving it for the fruit. What you're giving for is the schartircha that it got to your table or you're able to uh, access it because otherwise for you to go on someone's farm and try to pick it and find it and know how to hoe it and how to uh, cut it properly, that requires real expert work. And that's what you're paying people for to get you the free food that you want to have. The purpose of Otzer Betin is twofold. First of all, you are not Meva'er the Perot Shviit because the halacha is if you're not going to do a proper usage of the Peri of Shviit, we say that you have to do Bi'ur, which is you have to destroy it. The, usually whenever we say Bi'ur, destruction, that's usually referring to Serefa, that's referring to burning it. So if you're not eating it, you got to burn it. So there will be real ramifications for that, that if a person did not do it properly, they're going to have to dispose of it properly, which is Serefa. But if it's done Otser Beidin, they are, all they're doing is allowing ac- um, accessibility towards people being able to eat it, and uh, you don't have to do Bi'ur. The second thing is why we have Otser Beitin is because they will enact that there will be Shomrim, people who are going to watch, to make sure that the trees in the orchards and all of the branches and basically the life of the field is intact and safe and people won't go uh, running roughshed all over the entire property because when someone yells out free, up for grabs, unfortunately people lose their uh, their sanity and they will unfortunately hurt other people and the field that they're getting the produce from. So it serves this dual purpose of both not being meva'er the perot as well as making sure that the land is still intact. Also we say perot of otzer beidin is better than hetem mechira because it comes out that if it's otzer beidin that means you're still allowing the fruit to still have kedushat shviit and every time you eat it you're mekayem a mitzvah. As long as, now Yaakov Yosef points out, as long as the mechir, the price is not higher than it normally will be. And there are some people that are noheg to be machmir dafka, to have heter mechira. And uh, when they find out that the price is a little lower, what they should do is if they want to eat from Otzer Beitin, since they made this Kabbalah, if you will, that they're not going to eat the perot shviit, only from heter mechira, sold to a non-Jew, if a person wants to now eat of Otzer Beitin, they now has to hatarat nidarim, that they did not say, Bli nether, I'm always going to keep that of Hatar Mechira. And afterwards, the person can now eat from Otzer Beitin as well. So that is when it comes to Otzer Beitin. Chamovadio was a very big proponent of that, that it's the best way to go about eating Perot Shvit, Biktusha, Utara, enabling that the people who have the Karka, people who have the land, it will not get damaged further. And you don't have to worry about doing biur from perot shviit. So between those three items, that's why Chamavadia said that uh, as recently as the in Tashin Ayin Aleph, he said that it was, uh, I think it was his last Shemitah that he was here, that he said that it, that's why Otzer Beitin is the way to go if you're able to. However, there are some people who, incidentally, they are machmir not to have Otzer Beitin. They say specifically, you should use Heter Mechira. What's Hatem Mechira? It was karka that was sold to, sold to Goyim. Chamavadi in his Shuvan, Yabi Omer and Chelekur has a whole lot of chut. How that works, how could you sell karka to the Goyim? In Eretz Yisrael, we know that Kibush Yachid Shmei Kibush, you are obviously now the owner of the property. How can you sell property that owns, belongs to Kal Yisrael? What right do you have to that? So, 
We say that Chachamim allowed certain things. This would be a dispensation that they would allow somebody to sell their property to get out of the fact that it's Kedushat Shviit in such a halacha, which would mean that a person is not Mekayim the mitzvot of eating Perot Shviit, and there's no Kedushat attached to these Perot. So there are some people who Dafkal want to have Heter Mechira. So we're going to explore four reasons, Yahud Yosef says, why some people say, Dafka, you should make sure that Heter Mechira is the way to go, having it owned by Goyim, as opposed to having Kedushat Shviit, as opposed to being that of Otser Beitin. First of all, he says... And Chacham ben Zion, and Arle Zion, he says as well that you should do Heter Mechira over Otzer Beitin. He argues in Chamavadia. And he says a number of reasons. We're going to, disc- we're going to explore four reasons. The first reason why a person should do Heter Mechira, buying from the Goyim, is because it has to be Nikar, it has to be recognizable that these Perot that you're accessing were 100% Hefker. Now, if you're paying a price, and you're going to argue it's not really the price, it's just the tax, or it's somewhat of a, an arrangement, it's credit. Who, who are you fooling? Everyone knows that the price that you're paying, it's, it's literally the price before Shemitah was $3.25, and during Shemitah it's $3.25. <laughs> what did you change by anything? It's not Nikah, that is Hefker. Hefker means it's free. Yeah, okay, so there's administrative fees, or there's fees to make sure that people have the fruit properly brought to them. Okay, fine. I'm not, I'm not going to pay $3.25. What am I paying more than before and after? It won't be nikar that what you're paying for is the schad tircha. So in a case like that, they say, since it's not nikar that it's hefker, therefore, that's one reason why you have to make sure that if you're going to buy the fruit, make sure it's from goyim. Because the fact that it's from otzer beitin is not nikar that what you're having, these perot are perot shviit, is not perot shviit. There's no Kedusha. What are you talking about? I, I don't know that this is quote-unquote Perot Shvid. Uh, yeah, I'm buying it. It has Kedusha. But I, I, I don't see it's Hefker. Therefore, if you buy from a, from the Goyim, you know at least it's not Kedusha Shvid. I'm paying 325 and I'm paying 325 here. It's the same price over here and, as it is over there. And there's no Kedusha to it. And therefore, a person doesn't have to worry. But if you're saying it's the same thing like before and now, people don't recognize that. That's the first reason why people say it's better to do Hatem Mechira to get from the Goyim, and there's no Kedushat Shvi'it. Second reason is, that Ramban explains, that Otzer Beitin Amperot Shvi'it, uh, is his, his, his shita. However, uh, uh, the Reb Shimon Sirilov, who was also a Rishon, he argued and said, this idea of having Otzer Beitin is not Amperot Shvi'it. It's not in the seventh year Perot, it's Amperot Shishit, on the sixth year Perot. The Chazonish doesn't like that, he says it's not Mashma from that at all, and the fact is, you have a Rishon arguing on the Ramban, and it will come out that it's not Shayach to be Mafkir, something that Beitin has no jurisdiction whatsoever. Beitin can't walk into a person's property and say, excuse me, sir, get off your property. What are you talking about? It's mine. Ah, Koach Beitin. Beitin has a power to... No, Beitin doesn't have that. It's not communism that the authorities could just step in and just revoke someone's property rights. You can't just do that. So, if you're going to tell me Otzer Beitin is an option, that means it doesn't make a difference if it's Perot Shvi'it or Perot Shishit. It makes a difference if it's 7th year or 6th year. If Beitin can come in and say that we're acting on behalf of the owner, it doesn't make sense for it to be, according to Reb Shem that it's coming out in Perot Shishit. So, the second reason why they say that it has to be referring to Perot Nachri, it has to be of Heter Mechira, is because it doesn't make sense that Otzer Beitin can work in all cases. Third reason why Otzer Beitin is not the way to go 
is the Ra'avad, he argues and says, Otzer Betin is only when what's called Zman Habiyur. Only when they're about to get rid of the Perot, and it sounds like they're going to do Srefa, he says, then we say we are now allowing you to do Otzer Betin. The problem is that Biyur doesn't mean Srefa, because this is not one of the things that the Mishnayot enumerates saying, these are the things that you burn, but you don't bury them. It doesn't say anything about that of perot shvid, bizman abiyor. That's not one of the things. But you told me bizman abiyor means to burn it. Rather, what you see, no, it should be hefker. It has to be hefker. Okay, so then what's, oh, what's otzer betin? What are they doing? How are they getting involved? It's hefker. What's going on over here? So it seems to be it's not clear what's going on. So again, if it's sulta agoy, you don't have to worry about any of these problems. It's not during this man of biur. It doesn't belong to the Jew. And since it doesn't belong to the Jew, there's no, it's not shayef to have biur. And therefore, it doesn't go into this whole complex idea of what's going on over here. And that's another reason. A third reason why Otzer Beitin would not work. A fourth reason is that Advaz brings down that the Rambam does not bring down this Tosefta that we just brought before that says that you split up the Perot and you have Otzer Beitin. Why? So says that Ritva is very simple. Because the Ramam did not hold that this Tosefta is Lalacha. And he says that it comes out that the only way, according to the Rambam, you could get rid of these Perot, Bismana Bior, is Bisrefa. And Apefker. So it comes out, according to the Rambam, that Otzer Beitin, you have to do Hefker Kipshuto. You have to say, anyone comes, you can come and take whatever you want. And Ah, it's going to destroy your field? Okay, you can't do that. So, for those four reasons, there are some, like we just said, there are people who Dafka specifically wanted to be Heter Mechira, coming in from a Goy, from a non-Jew, as opposed to being a Jew. Either one is not Nikar Tzavker, another one we said is not Shaykh to be Mafker, these Perot of Shishit. That doesn't make sense. We said the Ravad that says that it's, that it has to be Lisrefa. And the Rambam himself doesn't hold on this Tosefta. So you see that it comes out that Heter Mechira, it would be the way to go, to be Machmer according to the Shiton. Now, Chamavali did not hold like that. And he held that we have Otzer Beitin, you have Perot of Kedushat Shviit, this is the way to go, even though the Rambam is a Dat Yechida on that, he says, and you say that Mara Da'ara Yisrael, he's normally like that, but since Rov Rishonim do not go like that, they say that Otzer Beitin is a viable thing. And he says, to say that being misayel edvar ovre avera, to help people who are quote-unquote are doing avera, to buy from them, you can't say that because the fact is they're being somech and dat of a more hara that has most rishonim that are going like that. And it doesn't have to be a bet din like it says in the, in the Tosefta, it has to be a bet din they were kovea, it has to be that they sold it. Any Beit Din in any city could uh, say it's Afker. And that would suffice. You don't need a Beit Din Agadol. And the ruling of Hamovadia is that if it's done properly, that's the key word, if it's done as a proper Mechira to a Beit Din, and there's no Cheshash, that there's no Isar Sfichin of, let's say, any of these uh, sprouts that grow, and there's Kedushat Shvit, and it, we see it's like that Rov Rishonim, not like the Rambam, obviously. And a person has a choice between eating from perot of otzer betin versus the perot of nachrim. A person should definitely make sure that perot 
of Otzer Beidin has Kedushat Shviit. There's a special mitzvah for that. As long as the Mechir does not go above what normally is the regular price for that, it will be 100% fine for a person, not or 100% fine. It's better for a person to use Otzer Beidin than to have that of using the Perot of Enochri, which has no Kedushat Shviit, according to many opinions. What you see from here is like we were saying before, that these complex laws are not only to demonstrate that there's Kiddushat Shvi'it, there's holiness attached to Adavar Gashmi, just fruit and vegetables. You wouldn't even think about that. Whether it has Kiddushah, and how did the Kiddushah happen? By itself. Yet, we say that you have to be so careful about that. Not only that, but also it's an Eidut, like the Malbim says. It's an Eidut that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. And he's saying that if you keep all the mitzvot that you're supposed to, I will command my bracha to happen. Everyone knows these famous stories, the kibbutz and komemiot, that they kept Shemitah, and the surrounding kibbutzim did not do that, and then a huge plague of locusts came and devoured everything around the kibbutz of komemiot, which is Shomer Shavit. We see open miracles of that. I heard a miracle, uh, Rav Shmuel Blum said a story that he himself saw, he saw these these bananas, there was a, some type of farm up in the north that they were growing bananas and uh, there were people who were making fun of the one specific farmer who was Shomer Shviit for his first time and people told him it's not possible, you're going to get destroyed in the season and the ones that didn't keep Shemitah, they had a frost that came in and it destroyed all of the crops except for this person who was Shomer Shviit and it didn't make sense, you even had pictures of it that you literally see icicles hanging from the bananas. He was able to just shake it off and then some of them magically warmed up and uh, they were delicious and he made a heavy profit off of that. And uh, after Shemitah, obviously. But you see from that that these, this this idea of keeping Shemitah is a real thing. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu is lamenting the fact and saying, if you would have kept Shemitah, then the, the land would have protected you. It would have made sure you would not have gone into exile. The more you give the land that has Kiddushah to demonstrate Borei Olam's mastery, the more HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make Kiddush Hashem and protect the person as well. They won't go into Galut. They would deserve to stay. So you see from here is this fascinating discussion of Otzer Beitin. It's actually, it comes out both sides think it's a Chumrah and a Kula the other way. If you hold Otzer Beitin is a Chumrah, meaning it's the best way to go. Why? Because you, the Perot have Kedushat Shviit. They'll say that, Heter Mechira, how can you do that? The, the, and the fruit now loses its Kedushah. And the opposite, people who have had to mechira say, it's lechatchila, you should be having had to mechira. Why? Because otherwise we're going into a problem. It's not recognizable that this is hefker, and this belongs to Otzer Beitin. What are you doing for Zman Abiyot? How are you getting rid of it? You're not doing a proper thing. So you're having more problems than, than solving problems. So stay away from it. So each one holds that the other one is being mekel. It's just fascinating because each one really believes that the other position is 100% right. It's again a fascinating insight into I could have when it comes to halacha how elu ve'elu devarelukim chayim that each side really believes that their side is the correct one and obviously like we said before if a person wants to vacillate they need to do hatarat nidarim because ultimately according to the opinions you definitely have that there are great great rishonim that seem to be saying like one opinion versus the other but obviously they held that the opposite opinion is not the optimal way and therefore a person needs to do atarand darim to make sure that what they're having is not a problem according to that opinion this audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center the center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha 
in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary Din services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.